Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. And today we welcome back from LinkedIn, Jennifer Urbanski. Well, Happy New Year and uh, hello, Jennifer. Hey, how's it going, David? Happy New Year. It's going really well. What's new? Oh, it's uh, so I guess we're 11 days into the new year uh, and it already feels like we're halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year has started at a big pace, hasn't it? Now it's the same it here. Did. It did. And, and most people that I talked to, it was interesting coming out of the holidays this year. Most people that I talked to, it really sounded like everyone took the break. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 2017, I think, was a really busy year. A lot of change happened. There was a lot of hard work going on. Um, and so I think everyone was ready for that break. It sounds like everyone really took it and relaxed. And then 2018 seems to have this, like, really positive vibe coming back. Everyone feels good. And, and there's, you know, plans and strategies in place. And there's a lot on the go. Yeah, it feels very much the same here. Everyone's uh, got a great energy and... Um things are moving at a pace that is very exciting. It is. Yeah. And I was visiting Phoenix actually uh, right before the holidays. When Was I there in December? He gave me that great Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders hat. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> your perfect, your perfect ski, ski hat. Yeah. And so it was great being there because you guys do have a lot of exciting stuff going on. You've got some, you know, new partners and growing your partnerships there. And of course they came again and it was freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's weird. (laughs) You guys keep telling me I have to come in the spring and the summer. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what's happening with uh, LinkedIn and yourself and what, what people can look forward to or what people should be thinking about maybe in 2018. But maybe we should start by just looking back at last year and what you saw that was uh, really worked well and maybe some of the highlights. Yeah, well, and it's great to have a chance to do this with you on a podcast because we um, we actually had a, a bunch of our government partners in before the holidays um, to come together for like a collaborative industry session. But, you know, it was people that are based in Toronto. Um, and so we actually did just that. So we got a chance to talk to them about what we were calling the top transformational moments of 2017 as it relates to, you know, the government space, which is where we specialize. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's nice to have a chance to kind of amplify that out to those that are listening today um, to to hear what we covered there and make sure that you're all up to speed too. Cool. I just want to clarify so that people don't think LinkedIn is strictly for government. That's just your, your group within LinkedIn that specializes in government. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we obviously like our team works very closely together. Collaboration and information sharing is like a big, big part of our culture at LinkedIn. Um, But yeah, the space that um, my team specializes in is the government space. Um, And so uh, a lot of the trends that we're seeing in this space, you know, transfer out uh, into other verticals as well and and private sector. Um, But yeah, you'll see um, for those that have listened in past podcasts that you and Kevin Hayes and myself have done, you'll see that the focus is usually on this government sector. All right. Yeah. So let's dig in. Let's dig in. So one of the really exciting things that LinkedIn actually does every year near the end of the year, I think this is like the third year um, that we've done this, is we actually release our top voices 
awards. Um, and so uh, these are, you know, different lists that come out of like people that are really influential on LinkedIn. So across different um, sectors and verticals, uh, they'll release, you know, who the, the influencers are on LinkedIn around conversations um, and themes that are really, um, really important and trending in the industry. And so for us, something that we highlighted that happened in 2017 is the top voices influencer list actually named Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as uh, number two on the list. Oh, wow. So this, yeah, this is like a huge win for our team. It was um, just about a year before in November 2016 that We'd, uh, we'd, we'd worked with Trudeau's uh, team to get him uh, set up as an influencer on LinkedIn. They started posting, uh, having huge success with the engagement that they were seeing on a lot of topics that were just starting to, to be, you know, new and trend on LinkedIn. So things related to the economy, um, uh, you know, stuff around the environment, uh, talking about international and trade uh, agreements. And so it was a big win that uh, a year later he was named uh, on our top voices list, which is a pretty important sort of list that we publish every year. So uh, that was a big win. He's almost at 2 million followers now. So that was a really big moment for us here in Canada. It was cool, too, because this is a list that's like a global uh, that's a global uh, publication, and so it, this is something too that really puts uh, Canada on the map. So we I'm, loved it. I'm not even following Justin. I better get on it. I, I really like it. to. Uh, I really need to check out this list too. I didn't see that. I must have missed that. So yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, if you go to his uh, profile on LinkedIn, definitely start following him and, and help get him closer to that uh, two million two million uh, follower mark. But you, uh, you should be able to see some stuff there. Um, he's engaged with the, the list and that sort of thing and was tagged. So you can click through and not just see that sort of like general influencer um, count, but you can also uh, drill down into categories that you would be interested in. So for you being in the marketing and advertising space, you can see who some of the influencers are that were named there. Uh, and there's a bunch of different verticals that highlight these people on LinkedIn that are really driving the conversation. Well, it's always helpful to go just dig into those people and kind of see what they're doing and uh, what they're talking about. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of ideas can be, can be mined out of that. Wonderful. Yeah, and then that's like, you know, overall, that's kind of like part of the story that's really building uh, on on our platform. Um, in 2017, uh, there was, you know, one of the big trends that you'll recall is this whole concept of fake news and trust in media. And, uh, you know, really to our good fortune, um, there was actually Edelman released their trust barometer study uh, last year. So they updated a, a lot of the data in, on past studies that they've done. Uh, and it really showed LinkedIn as like way, way ahead uh, in this area of trust and, you know, really uh, strong community engagement and, and, and accuracy and stuff in, in member profiles and data and, and whatnot. So um, there's quite a few leaders and more and more people and companies that are posting content on LinkedIn uh, and it's really getting strong engagement. So that was like a really big thing for us in 2017 as well. So not only with Prime Minister Trudeau, but with like lots of different leaders, um, you know, government level, private sector level that are becoming really active on LinkedIn and um, leveraging 
this trust and this really great community that we've got going for us here. Oh, that's good. That's good to know too. It, it, you know, you've, it, it feels that way, but that's uh, certainly good positive uh, reinforcement or third party validation, I guess. Yeah. And I remember actually when I, when you and I did this podcast with Kevin, uh, I guess last year, um, we talked a little bit about this and, and we talked about, you know, you guys do work with quite a few um, public sector clients, um, and and this is something that you've noticed as well. Is just like the trolling that might happen on other social channels isn't something that you're seeing as much of on LinkedIn. No, definitely not. And it feels as well like when that when it does happen, it it seems to get called out and called very quickly. Yeah, because when you think of it too, you know, some of these things you know, really do evoke public opinion, which is, which is awesome. Um, but you want to make it so that both the government and citizens and even private sector companies and, you know, different industry peers that everyone's having like a really mature, safe conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's about all of us working together to get better. Um, and so it's really nice that there's this community, this safe community where, you know, important topics can be discussed. Mm -hmm. And they're not sort of overshadowed by like really, you know, really horrible trolling or bullying and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any uh, any other highlights from last year that come to mind? Yeah. So a few of the others, like we highlighted um, some projects that we've been doing with the Ontario government. Um, so one of the big areas of focus that you'll you'll see me even talk about as we start to talk about 2018 is LinkedIn is realizing um, that. Uh, you know, we need to support new partners and even existing partners on the entire ecosystem of what they'd be um, familiar with or able to leverage on LinkedIn. So this includes like all the organic stuff, like setting up your company pages, making sure your executives are being positioned as thought leaders, making sure that your staff are comfortable posting content that really like advocates on behalf of the organization and shows the great work that's being done and the value that's there. So, um, and then that's in addition to any sort of paid campaigns you'd run or like paid products that you'd buy through LinkedIn. And so we're starting to offer a lot more support in that area. We worked with the Ontario government last year to help them get all of their ministry pages set up. So that's something we highlighted for our partners is like, look at how we worked with these guys and, and set up 30 different ministry pages. These pages were consistent with the other social channels that they have. So what they're doing on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, making sure, you know, that like all the avatars are the same and the information's consistent and that the space is cleaned up. So like, are there any accounts that exist that should be deleted? Are the admins on the accounts, the people that actually like work for the organization still. So they went through um, like a six month project where they cleaned all this up with us and other social channels. And so that's really like a sort of industry best in class that we highlighted. And this is something that we're starting to do a lot more of um, with our clients going into 2018. Well, that's really neat. Now, can I ask, is that, is that a, uh, is there, is that a paid service or is that uh, have to reach a certain threshold before you offer that out? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's actually, it's, it's not a paid service. It's, it's, a, it's a free service that we would offer and sort of a consultation that we would offer clients who are really interested 
in like investing um, their time and resources to learn LinkedIn more and include it more in like a primary comms capacity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you imagine being an organization where we've got limited resources and being able to help our clients do these things, I can't promise that this is a service that we can offer everyone. Um, but it is something I know on our team that we're working very strategically with, you know, at the provincial level or at the corporate level of, of our partners to get them set up like this. And then the great thing LinkedIn's doing is they're creating a ton of resources, really easy to use resources that I'll be able to hand out and we'll all be able to hand out to, to organizations to reference themselves and get that same service in sort of like an automated way. Oh, that would be very helpful. And actually, it's even helpful to know, you know, who are the best in class and you can go look and see and model yourself after them. Yeah. And I get that question all the time um, of like, who's doing it best. So I actually think I've sent enough emails now answering this (laughs) question and like pulling different examples that I think I'm going to turn that email into a long form post so that I can share it out with everyone and they can see, um, you know, who some of those people and organizations are that they could be looking to. Yeah, great idea. And they're not just government. I use like, uh, I've got some gov examples, but then I've got a lot of like lifestyle brands and, uh, and, you know, private sector examples as well, because they're, they're the ones that are posting the best content, you know, and I think the last trend that I would point out that, that we were really seeing in 2017 is a lot of, of, of organizations are finally starting to like improve the quality of their content. Mm. And, you know, one of the campaigns that we highlighted was Toronto Global, uh, which is Toronto, it's the city of Toronto and surrounding region. That's their economic development um, organization. So Toronto Global ran a campaign with us last year for that Amazon HQ2 bid that we all knew so mm-hmm. much about. And Amazon did such a great job, uh, such, such great public relations <laughs> <laughs> on that bid. Uh, and so they ran a campaign with us and I, we worked very closely on the creative um, right from the beginning. And we, we all decided as a group, I remember early on, we decided as a group, we weren't going to look at other government organizations as examples. We were actually going to look at like just who has like the best content, the highest quality imagery video content um, and let's model them and let's try and get you know, an economic development organization that is like a government agency like Toronto Global, let's, let's use that as the benchmark. Um, and so what we followed were a lot of lifestyle brands like Adidas, um, Coca-Cola actually has like a great uh, social media presence, Nike, you know, some of these big brands. And so that's the last trend that I would say is I am starting to see more and more companies finally realize the importance of content marketing and, and understanding what the next level of, of good quality content is. Yeah, I, I definitely um, focus on, on those last points of good quality because content marketing has become such a, such a big thing for people. And for the initial part of like when it first came out, um, it seemed like quantity was all we needed and people were just pouring out garbage. And um, now you we're really seeing the best results from good, valuable, useful content. Yeah, and so this is an area that you are like that you specialize in and is like 
dear to your heart. So what are some of, you know, can you share like some things that you've seen or done with, with clients that have really like helped them, you know, just, just really up the ante on their content strategies? Well, it really comes down to kind of figuring out, you know, finding out about your customers and finding out about, um, you know, what are their pain points? What, uh, what, what are they interested in? And then, sharing like being transparent and really giving them value and removing pain from them and and i mean that's the kind of stuff we want to find when we're you know you and i or everyone wants to find when we're on the internet we don't want to find another um uh article that just says um you know the the scratches the surface and just kind of tells us what we already know in a different way or in a list or something yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. focusing on on getting a little deeper into, and, and I don't mean deeper by long form, but just deeper into um, valuable. Yeah, and I think, you know, the tips sometimes that I give too is like, let's legit just like take our work hat off for a second and, and remove, you know, something that we might have poured emotion or whatever into because it's something that we've worked on and like, just think of if you were the user, mm -hmm. you know, if you were the user and, and that wasn't your like day in, day out, um, how would you feel if you saw that content? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so try to, trying to remind that as well. And that's actually, that's something that we started seeing in the campaigns that we were running last year is seeing things like, um, you know, strong statements like statistics or like really, really bringing out the why and the value prop like front and center, whether that's like text overlay on an image that's got like a statistic or some sort of like really, really clear and direct um, statement or testimonial. We're seeing a lot more success with that. On LinkedIn, you know, it's about like adding value for the members, right? It's like they're coming here to be more productive and successful in their careers. So what can you tell them right in the newsfeed um, that's going to add value to, to the five minutes that they have to like quickly check in and, and check on their phone as they're like running to a meeting? Like what little tidbit of information can you give them that's going to make them more successful? Yeah, absolutely. Be valuable. And another, um, we do, of course, you know, use LinkedIn a fair bit with uh, different clients. And, and one neat thing that happened, and it actually happened serendipitously, but I, I would now make sure it happens, was um, we do peer-to-peer, -peer, so business-to-business, -business, and it's usually businesses telling, talk, you know, telling a business story for other business people. And, um, f you know, the 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 great thing about LinkedIn is the networking. And um, we had one of the business people actually go on and then start commenting on the story that we had created about them. And then that just became uh, its own sort of um, a, a little stream that was uh, people were connecting then with the person in the story, which was really cool. It was really neat. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Like the, you know, sometimes and I'm not sure if I've said this to you before, but like sometimes I feel like my credibility on how passionate I am about LinkedIn is maybe like overshadowed because people are like, oh yeah, well you work for them. Like, of course you are going to feel, feel this way. But the reason that I feel so strongly about the platform about LinkedIn is because I've been using it for my whole career. I've been working in sales and marketing for about nine years 
And it, I, it works for me. Like it works for me. It works for the organizations that I worked for. And I see that value. Um, the conversations that can happen as a result of something that you've posted um, and you start to see like the comments and everything come out. It's, it's crazy because then, then you can like have a conversation that, uh, that a group is seeing. So a bunch of people are seeing it, a bunch of people weigh in and then those conversations can turn into messages. So like, you know, behind the scene, you guys start messaging each other and then those messages can turn into real life meetings. So then you choose, you know, I, I, I'm meeting people on LinkedIn all the time where I'll, I'll post something, people will comment, then I'll see that people look at my profile and then they'll send me a message, we'll chat for a bit and then they'll say like, oh, the next time you're, you're in Ottawa, um, let's grab a coffee and I'll reach out to them when I'm in Ottawa and we'll grab a coffee and, and this relationship starts and continues. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really, really powerful. So tell us what um, what are you um, either LinkedIn the platform yourself or your your clients what are you what are you looking or recommending or or focusing on for 2018? Yeah, well, I think you know, like we said at the beginning of this this call, um, I think all the great work and a lot of foundational work and change and stuff was put into motion in 2017. So 2018, um, what I'm really seeing is you know, just sort of like driving efficiencies and and really um, getting very strategic and and data-driven with the decisions that are being made and the strategies that are being put in place. I think, you know, a big conversation for 2018 is around like measurement, tracking, data. Um, And there's a whole bunch of topics that come out of that, right? I know for the government space alone, like one of the big conversations that we're having is, well, government websites don't use like tracking at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. given regulation and given privacy um, policy and all of this stuff, you know, putting tracking tags. Uh, is not currently allowed. But when you look at what's happening in the media space and you look at this need for proper measurement um, and and making decisions, especially when working with like taxpayer dollars, making informed decisions is a really important topic. So that's something that uh, I myself, even just personally, like I'm super focused on in 2018, but the industry as a whole is uh, is moving in this direction. I actually believe that it'll be 2018 or early 2019 that we do start to see government administration having tracking tags on their website. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that'll be an interesting conversation to see how that goes (laughs) and how that's received. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those that, you know, for those that maybe aren't super familiar with this topic, um, the, the way the debate on it usually goes is like, you know, should government be getting involved in like big data and, and working with like data and private sector data, et cetera. Um, and then this other side will argue like that it, that it should be for all of these reasons. I mean, I think the school of thought that I, I usually side with is the the world is moving in this direction of technology and digital mm-hmm. and I really do think that given the importance that the government plays in society and protecting society and everything, I think that they have to get involved. I think the the challenge is, you know, what are the rules that are set in place? How quickly can these decisions be made? 
how does the public feel? Um, you know, what are all the different implications? Like it's, it's a very, very complex issue. And I understand the, the argument on both sides, but I think this is something that they're really going to have to figure out. Yeah. Well, it makes and sense a of, in a lot of ways for a lot of different areas of government and for others, it might just be a little bit sensitive and yeah, who knows? Yeah. Even private sector, like, you know, in highly regulated industries like the financial services sector, even, you know, I used to work on consulting business, working with PwC, KPMG, like these are all really highly regulated industries. And so everyone's trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And private sector, too, you know, you know, where does big data come into play and how do you properly set all of these things up? So. A little bit of a of a nerdy topic, but it's a topic that I find just so fascinating and I think will be a, a big, big trend in 2018. Cool. And anything else? I guess the last thing that, that comes to mind, um, I'm seeing a lot more of a, a convergence between sales and marketing. Okay. And so especially the work that, that we do with like big crown corporations like Canada Post, Export Development Canada, um, and then the other big area of our business is economic development and foreign direct investment. These organizations most closely resemble private sector companies. So, you know, they're usually revenue generating or they have revenue goals. Um, and for that reason, they have like sales teams and business development teams. And then they've got their marketing teams that, you know, are starting to work and collaborate much more closely with the sales teams. And everyone's just like super focused on driving leads. Lead generation is like a really big topic. And so we're seeing more and more of this, you know, collaboration and need to work together and communicate better. Um, and one of the things that's exciting on LinkedIn's side is with our LinkedIn sales solutions, uh, and they sell a, a prospecting and relationship tool called Sales Navigator, we're, uh, we're starting to work more closely with them in marketing solutions and like the ad campaigns that we're running. And that's something that you'll see LinkedIn releasing a lot more info on in 2018. So I'm super excited about that too. And it'll be something that a lot of our clients um, are getting involved in. What is Sales Navigator? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, um, I'm used to it because I'm a salesperson. (laughs) (laughs) You work in sales, you bet you've usually heard of it. There's a whole ecosystem on LinkedIn for salespeople. It's neat. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember like what we used to do back in the day before Sales Navigator was you would go to LinkedIn. So let's say there was a company or something that you're interested in talking to. You'd go to LinkedIn. You type in like the role and the company and a name would pop up. So for me, I worked at the NBA and I was selling sponsorship sales. And so I would like want to find out who's the VP of marketing at like Kraft or Coca-Cola or something was. And we'd go and you'd like type in the role, type in the company, their name would pop up. You'd look at their name, you'd go to the website, you'd see what the email structure is. So is it like Jennifer.Urbanski? at linkedin.com or is it jay or bansky at linkedin.com and then you take that person's name and you'd like figure it out <laughs> or you'd cold call and you'd at least have the person's name so it's changed so much now to the world that it is today well i mean, um, <laughs> i'm laughing right? i'm laughing because uh, there's a hack for this but now you're telling me there's a legit way that i should be going about this so go ahead yeah so the you know just to 
to close it out, what Sales Navigator is, uh, it's a tool that LinkedIn has for, for sales teams. Um, and it's like a prospecting tool. So there's a variety of features, but you essentially sign in and you can save different people as leads to follow their content and get notifications when they're mentioned in the news and things like that. Um, you can work as a team. So like if you and I work for the same organization, I can see who you're connected with and ask you to facilitate introductions. Um, there's a whole sort of like benefit to the product that I'm probably not doing it justice at all right now, but, (laughs) but it is really, really great. Like it's something that we all use and a lot of my clients use it and it's just a really, really great prospecting and and sales lead tool. Oh, wonderful. I should, I should know what it is and I'm going to find out more. So now thank you for, yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. But you were talking about more integration with Sales Navigator, something coming up in 2018. Yeah. So it's the, the cool thing about it is that we're actually just all figuring this out internally at LinkedIn. So, you know, very similar to a lot of large organizations, our business lines are pretty siloed at this point. Um, and so this is an area that the company is really looking at, you know, how do these two different teams that we're seeing customers have a need and they're moving towards this space where the integration's important. Um, you know, how can we make sure that we're adapting to those needs and that we're coming to market with an integrated solution for clients that need it? So even for myself personally, I'm getting to, to start to be involved in betas for big clients like Canada Post and Export Development Canada who, um, who fit this model and they're purchasing from both sides from us. So Actually, in February, we were just uh, got invited today to go speak at Export Development Canada to all their staff on our on this uh, integration. So more coming. I, I always like to turn my presentations into long form posts on LinkedIn. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> so wonderful. Thanks, Jennifer, yeah. so much for uh, for taking some time and chatting with me today. How can people connect with you? I know it sounds like a crazy question. Yeah, I would love to chat with anybody um, who, who has questions and feedback. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Jennifer Urbanski. If people go to your profile, David, and look up Jennifer uh, and LinkedIn, I'm sure they can easily find me. So I look forward to connecting with everybody and, uh, and to chatting with their day. Thank, thank you again. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. All right.